Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Welcome to episode 91 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. And this is our Loretta Lynn's Review Podcast, our final race review podcast of the 2022 season. How the heck did we get here? The 2022 Loretta Lynn's ATV Motocross National Championship finale features some of what we expected to see, plus a curveball or two, plenty of dramatics to go around, which is per the usual for Loretta's, and overall some incredible racing from the pro class on down. Casey and I will break down everything that happened at the ranch, so let's dive right in. Before dropping the gate on this final race review pod of the season, shout out to all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Blends All Oil, the official oil choice of Digging Deep, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped's signature line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rely on to help keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped, I wish I would have sooner, and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is investing in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved with ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The ATV Motocross Nationals may have came to an end, but we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need Anyway, and did you know that you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. You guys freaking rock. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up. It's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, we are back with one final race review podcast to cap the 2022 season. And joining me to help break down all the action from the Loretta Lynn season finale brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain, 
Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Say hello to one of our four Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy winners from Loretta's from Impact Solutions. Say hello to Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Congrats on the W, multiple W's at Loretta Lens. How does it feel? Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, I, I wish my overall season would have been a little bit better in, in fantasy, but you know what? To cap the year off, it just it fires me up to get, to get ready for next year. Yeah, man, I can't I can't believe when we updated the stuff on Saturday night and saw your name up at the top of the list. Uh, I couldn't couldn't believe it because I want that spot so bad. But um, like I said, you were celebrating multiple wins on this day with Joel Hattrick getting it done. Obviously, we're going to talk about that and the fantasy win. So it was a big day for you at the track. But um, leaving the, the track there on Sunday evening, I had listeners telling me, you know, nonstop. This weekend gave us plenty of storylines to talk about. We had a lot going in. I feel like we still had a lot getting out of there. So we have a lot to talk about here, Casey. So let's start with our Impact Solutions Impact moment and then get into the rest of it. So we'll highlight something good and positive happening in ATB Motocross. What do you have for us this week? Um, I think for me, it's really, you know, the 88 live to ride auction and just seeing how, how many people come out and, you know, the amount of money that's raised and for the cause that it's there for is just you know, tremendous. And Debbie Bartosik, the JB Racing whole crew over there, I mean, they do so much for the sport that really, in all honesty, goes unnoticed. And I think it needs to be highlighted. And, you know, all the people that donated to the auction, you know, and thank you guys, hats off to you guys. It's really cool to see. And I, I really wanted that uh, Stasic bike for my little guy, but I missed out on it. So I'm going to have to go rob it from Styles West here one of these days. But, um, <laughs> No, it's just I, I think that's such a it's such a beautiful thing in all honesty. It's it's incredible. We've been doing it for so many years and, and the turnout is just overwhelming every year. And you know, I try to get over and help set up and help them take down and just do little parts that we can do just to help Debbie out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a it's a huge undertaking in the sense of the amount of setup and the amount of work that goes in and you know, you've seen all the girls over there, there's I don't know, six or seven, you know, moms and girlfriends and wives and stuff over there just helping and putting all the work in there. And it's just um, incredible. It's really cool to see the community come together like that. And that's what I feel like this moment is all about. The impact solutions, impact moment of the weekend is just really highlighting how the community, how the community can come together. Yeah. The 88 live to ride auction is obviously something that um, for years and years and years has been a staple of Loretta's. And I mean, Debbie is so awesome. What she does for the sport with 88 live to ride is amazing. I feel like if you're in the sport long enough at some point, Debbie and 88 live to ride helps all of us in some way. You know, I mean, I, I had that, you know, nasty crash a number of years ago and 88 live to ride stepped up right away. So when we were approached to have a digging deep guest segment to be a part of the auction, obviously we jumped at that. So that was pretty cool too, but um, awesome stuff there. Obviously uh, Debbie does so much for the sport. So that's such a huge thing uh, for me. So I thought, Redbud was special as far as talking to people on the podcast and everything like that. And Loretta's dude was next level. Like I spent the entire weekend talking to people about podcast stuff. I don't know if our location was better, uh, where we were parked or whatever, but literally nonstop. I was like having to tell people like, Hey, I- I'm sorry. Like my race is right there. I gotta go. Um, it was, <laughs> it was all weekend. And then even more importantly, 
what an awesome way to cap the season. We had been following this throughout the season here, but Abby Outley, we see her. She comes and hangs out with us this weekend at Loretta's. And what a little rock star she is. She's doing amazing. She looks amazing. Like just talk, I mean, just such an amazing human being. And to see her standing there doing as well as she was and be as upbeat as she was and just to, you know, have her wrap her arms like around me. I'm sure she did the same with you, Casey. I mean, what an awesome way to end the season. What an awesome way to end uh, a season of amazing impact solutions, impact moments. But man, like she just embodies what uh what the atv racing community is about right she's a fighter she's a grinder and you know she's like i said she's a rock star and she's slaying it and it was just so awesome to see her this weekend yeah it's incredible the work she's put in i mean there was a lot of question you know around iron man and when she was in the hospital and what her recovery is recovery was going to be and to see her walk into loretta's and, and i talk to her often i talk to her dad often and, you know, so I kind of knew what her progress was. And I, I think we both did. We've gotten some videos and stuff to see how well she was doing. But the first time I actually ran into her was down at the Jeffrey Rastrelli, um Duck race. Ducky race. And yeah. she's walking around in the gravel, which, you know, is insane. <laughs> and right. she has a cane in her hand. And the only thing she's using the cane for is to hit me with it. Like, you know, like she's just running around like everyone else. Just And so it just shows like how much work was put in and the determination that she has to get back to 100%. So, yeah, awesome to see that. I think they had a blast all weekend. I think the the welcoming was huge. And I think, you know, she's just a true, true diehard fan of this sport. And it, it obviously comes through and shines really bright. Mm-hmm. And I think that you hit on something that I said to her too. I said that it's a credit to her for all her effort because it'd be a lot easier to not put in that effort to get to where she is now. So um, that's that's a major credit to her. And if she continues to do that, she's going to be she's going to be running around and, and on that racetrack is is uh, as soon as next season. So um, can't wait to see that. So uh, Casey, coming into the weekend. We were all, you know, obviously quite familiar with the handful of major storylines that we were tracking. And though most of the subplots ended up with, you know, the most likely scenarios, the, the scenarios that we kind of assumed would happen, there was seemingly, uh, there was still seemingly plenty of drama to go around. So the biggest story of all, Joel Hetrick chasing down his third career AMA ATV Pro Class National Championship. There was no drama that comes along with that storyline. Joel Hetrick dominated the day and route to one, one moto finishes on his way to clinching that 2022 title. Uh, what a year and what a finale for Joel Hetrick Casey, for all of you guys that are part of his program, but man, he absolutely dominated on this day when he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, there was no lay down in, in Joel Hetrick this weekend. I think, you know, obviously there's so many storylines that could play out there and he could have played it really safe and, for him, the first moto, you know, to come out right there on the start, but he didn't actually get the whole shot. He actually had to pass Chad Wien to get into the lead and just to, I mean, basically put on a clinic. I mean, Joel just, he really hung it out, but you could still sort of tell, and, and us knowing the storyline and knowing how the second moto went, you could tell that it wasn't as fast as he could go. Mm-hmm. Like he was going incredibly fast. And then when we seen the second moto come around, I mean, it was just like all the pressure is gone, all the, you know, being conservative, being smart, everything. 
to go out the window and to see the actual speed that Joel had the second moto and just like the furiousness on the machine was just incredible. I mean, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were there this week and they live down in Tennessee in Murfreesboro. They come out and they've never been to an ATV motocross race. And, but like, he's like a dirt bike fan and just like, you know, sort of a racing fan, but he doesn't know everything. Mm -hmm. Doesn't, you know, know the details like we do and our listeners do. Yep. And he just like, that dude is a monster. Like he could pick up on it so quick. Like, and he picked up on how much more aggressive Joel was between the first moto and the second moto. Sure. And I said, that was just like an exclamation point for him to where when he's done today, like he knows, like he deserved every bit of this championship. He put in every bit of work and that entire team did. So yeah, hats off to Joel is incredible. Oh yeah. And I said at the beginning of that first moto, I mean, it was like one of my very first posts or tweets or whatever, as this moto started that Joel Hetrick was not playing it safe. He was trying to set sail in this race. And obviously, I mean, being out front, if he gets the whole shot, being out front is the safest place to be, right? But um, it just depended on how much he was going to, you know, feel comfortable pushing it. And in that first moto, man, like it was dicey at the beginning, Casey. I'm glad you touched on that because those first couple corners and straightaways, man, there was some bumping going on and some jostling. Like it wasn't just, you know, ripped a clean hole shot and, and away you went. Those first couple of corners or straightaways were, man, it was like even the pictures, like it looks like they're going to catch tires and, you know, wad each other up. It's crazy between Joel Hetrick and Chad Wienan at the beginning of that race. So it was dicey early. I, I like literally said like, Oh, like, like there, it was, it was wild at the beginning. Yeah, there were definitely, you know, there, there's some aggression and aggressiveness there between, <laughs> you know, the both of them and, you know, right. but it, I've said it over, I think the last few shows that we've done, like Chad's not just going to clean Joel out to try to no. win a championship. It's just no. not going to happen. I mean, right. you know, but could it be aggressive? Like, mm -hmm. are they going to be aggressive with each other? Absolutely. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think that's what we see in the first couple of laps there. And then Joel just kind of got into a rhythm and got himself a gap. And I mean, he did, he's a bad dude. I mean, I, it's incredible. And, you know, it was a lot of times, like I, I feel like Joel lay, lay up a little bit or, you know, he doesn't go to his full potential because he, he doesn't want to hurt the machine. You know, like we talked mm -hmm. about it from Red Bud, like he was just nervous about rocks or, you know, just the sand and, and beating yep. up on the machine. But uh, I think they proved Saturday night that that motor can last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We will, uh, we will get into the celebration here in a little bit. So, um, but yes, yes. I mean, I could hear from the other side of the pits that that thing was, uh, was, was pretty strong. So um, the next biggest storyline, Casey, truly the most exciting subplot all year long, was the battle for third, battle for third in the series points. And uh, right in the first moto, just as we kind of speculated about, we received a curveball that, you know, nobody saw coming when Jeffrey Rosselli's engine expired just a couple laps into that opening moto. That was a heartbreaker there, obviously, for him. He was in fourth at the time, and that changed everything. So, um, yeah, that was that was a curveball right from the start. And we had said crazy things always happen at Loretta's. And unfortunately for Jeffrey Rosselli, it ended up being – you know, uh, uh, an engine, you know, expiring at the, at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. And it was a wild day, I think for Jeffrey and in the sense, I mean, he, he had a flywheel come apart in the second qualifier, they swapped motors between second qualifier and first moto. 
I think it was lap two that the yeah. motor let go. I'm not 100% sure what ended up happening there. I know they didn't have a spare, and so they had to kind of piece the two motors together to get out there for the second moto. But, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, like, heartbroken for Jeffrey. And, and on paper now, him ended up six in points. I mean, he went from fourth to sixth. He had a, a small chance at third in points coming in, or he had a, a decent chance at third in points coming in this weekend. Yeah. Or last weekend. And for him to drop from fourth to sixth, I think it just it absolutely deflated him. I mean, I talked to him Saturday afternoon and Saturday night and stuff. And but I, I think he needs to take the wins away from it. First year program and to compete and to be in that, you know, competing until the very last moto for third overall in the series is huge for him. He's created a business out of going racing. He, you know, it's helping with the funding of his program. It's definitely not funding his entire program, but it's mm-hmm. definitely helping. Yep. And he's built a team around him that's very solid. You know, DJ, the whole Rocket crew, you know, his mom and dad are there. You know, we're supporting them. And it's just, I've seen a new light with Jeffrey. And obviously, he got upset when that thing let go. And it ended up probably being in one of the worst places because he probably had more eyes on him than he has at one period of time and the entire season say but for you know he he reacted like eh, it wasn't the greatest but really like can you blame him i mean if there is anyone that's upset on how he reacted you need to think back to what he had right on the line in those last two motos and and really understand where he was coming from and and we know with jeffrey he wears his heart on his sleeve all the time yep. and you know he didn't react as bad as it could have been Mm-hmm. at all and and he's made a formal apology via social media yep. um i didn't feel it was technically necessary i think everyone knew like he was upset and you know it wasn't derogatory towards anyone else and he didn't treat anyone else mm-hmm. bad it, it was just you know he was beating himself up more than anything but uh hats off to jeffrey and the entire australia racing crew him and his wife nikki i mean they've really put a lot of work in i spent some time with them you know, early on in February and the early part of March there, right before Daytona and actually seeing how much work that they were putting in. And I, I think that is really the takeaway for them for this season mm-hmm. to not look at like what the paper result is just to know that you've, you've built a solid foundation to continue racing in the future. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that stood out to me, you know, I know as the athlete or the racer and there's obviously bonuses involved and all kinds of stuff like that. So third and points is such a big deal. At the same time, in my mind, like I don't think of Jeffrey as sixth. It's just not how his season went. You know, he was very much in the running for that top three spot. I know a number of those guys had DNFs at one point because of mechanicals. But I mean, Jeffrey had as many as anybody. And he was still, you know, within shouting distance of that third spot coming into the finale. And if a couple of things went differently in the last three or four races, as far as those DNFs go, he might've been the third place guy coming into that race. So again, I think I said this on the last episode, I know we could say that about each one of these guys, like they've yeah. each had each had problems, but Jeffrey was very much at the heart and, and at the, you know, at the center of this thing, this battle. So the other thing I just want to touch on there about, you know, Jeffrey getting upset with, with, uh, that engine coming apart there at the start of moto one, um, I feel for the athlete, you know, the rider every time something like this happens, because it's like 
there needs to be a release valve on them and (laughs) right. And, and it's just coming to the surface. It's just boiling over and it's tough. And, and then, like you said, there were so many people right there. I just, I feel bad for Jeffrey because you know, any racer knows that feeling and, and doing anything doesn't make it feel better. And then after the fact, you know, I'm I'm sure, honestly, he probably didn't even realize in the moment, like that people were going to be upset about this. And then after the races play out, right. Is when, you know, he sees people being upset with, with what happened. So I feel like you think like he, he's at such a low at that point right there. Yep. And then I think the recovery is even lower because then, you know, I don't know that he actually got any feedback or someone said anything. You, you may have heard something. I didn't hear anything. I just, I just saw some stuff that people were sending me on the internet was all. Oh, really? Okay. See, I didn't, I don't get none of that stuff, which is cool for me. Yeah. But, yeah. I wish, I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really see anything or, you know, whatever, but you got to figure, you know, mentally, like, he was already fried at that point. Like yeah. he had already swapped a motor and you know, that they, they're making the right decisions. You got to change the motor. You got to do this. It was too risky to run it after the flywheel come apart. So you put a new motor in and something let's go, you know, we're all human. There's all, mis- there's mistakes I've made. You know, you, you move on and you learn from those mistakes, but he's at a low of a low at that point in time. And then yep. the lowest part of it is when he hears this feedback that he let maybe, you know, some fans down or a kid that idolizes him, he, maybe he let him down with his reaction. And I think that is probably harder on him than even getting six in points. And I think that's why we've seen the, the apology via social media and, you know, trying to, you know, I don't want to say save face, but just correct the wrong and move mm-hmm. forward. Yep. Yep. I agree hundred percent. I don't think that we got to harp on it anymore. I felt bad for him. I felt terrible for him. And, the one other thing I will say, not that it makes it okay, but typically he would have been in the mechanics area, right? Like he would have been in a relatively private setting. And it just so happens that Loretta's at the mechanics area and like the most spectators in the whole place are all in one little pocket of the side of the yeah. racetrack. And that just made it really tough. Actually, I was surprised that they had so many spectators in that area because at one point, I think it was Zach Harris comes in, spins his quad around to go back out of there because he had somebody looking at the engine or something in the second moto and a couple rocks got kicked up on the sandals of a fan standing there. And this fan goes off, like not on him. It was after it was after he left, but I'm thinking, okay, so this is why that this isn't a good recipe here because you got so many fans and this is literally the mechanics area, you know? So um yeah it's it just not ideal for everybody involved there uh so so now the the battle there for third in the points was essentially down to just two riders after this jeffrey rastrelli situation brandon hogue and bryce ford obviously in that first moto bryce ford brings home a strong third place finish he slated in that first moto and brandon hogue uh, grabs a fifth so uh with a 10 ish point lead there going into the second moto you're thinking there's no drama heading into this final race of the season here wrong not so fast my friend brandon suffers a back injury i'm told this as we're as uh, the pros are coming up momentarily um brandon hoke suffers a back injury and i was told he could not race in between motos so he needed an eighth or better in moto two and talking to brett 
Uh, this was very much in doubt at that time. I think I think he was very much worried that this was you know not going to happen for Brandon. But Brandon pulls it off. He goes out there. He survives it. Ends up sixth in the moto and gets it done. Third in points goes to Brandon Hogue Casey. But it wasn't without drama. Like I I said after the fact, after all the dust settled to Brett, I'm like, man, it wasn't like it didn't need to be this dramatic at the end. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I, I think that just kind of shows you the year in in general. I mean, it's been so up and down for every one of these guys. You know, they've all had their lows and they've all had their highs. Each one of them are, you know, have ridden great and and done it. But, yeah, I mean, Brandon, you know, they pretty much had to pick him up off the quad from what that's I was a, told. That's what I heard. And I heard, I heard uh, not to interrupt, I heard that he needed to be carried off the racetrack uh, or whatever after that first moto. Yeah, and, and you could tell, I mean, first moto, he wasn't, you know, early on he was, he looked like a nor- his normal self, but as the moto went on, you seen him kind of drop back and, you know, you could tell something wasn't 100% right. And I didn't see them carry him off the bike, but that's what I heard. Yep. And But I did see him under the, the, the JB tent, EMS was there with him. And, you know, the chiropractors and the physical therapists that are over at, you know, the 88 Mm -hmm. live to ride area there were working on him trying to get him back. And so, but I didn't really get much of an update after that, as we went into the second moto, I I knew he would be out there and I knew he would perform. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are tough as bullets. Yeah. I mean, the thing is though, with a back injury, it's so crippling, you know, a back can be so crippling and it can be just a tweak. Right. And it can, you know, you might not be able to move a leg. So I said to Brett right away, I'm like, okay, like it it almost was like, I don't want to say he wanted help with the situation, but he was just grabbing for straws. Right. So I'm like, man, like, what can we do? That was the, obviously the first thing I said was the chiropractors over at JB. And he said, they don't really want to touch him because he's in so much pain. So, uh, he's like, they can't really do anything right now. So uh, man, I was stoked to see him, you know, out there. I probably helped that he got a really good hole shot in that second moto. He was right up front and then was able to just do his thing from there. But man, like, like I said, backs can be so gnarly. I was uh, super impressed to see him stick with it the entire moto, you know, like he didn't even really fade. He just stayed in that, you know, fifth or sixth place spot and, uh, and, and brought it home. So, uh, man, that brand new music racing and repair team proved to be everything that Brandon Hogue needed, uh, to show the best version of himself this season after nearly winning the opener, Brandon Hogue put together a season, unlike ever before three podiums. And, uh, you know, he fought through that back injury at Loretta's he clinched third in points in the, in the season ending point standings. Uh, but Casey, like, what is there, what else is there to say about this music racing and repair team? I saw Brett post, the. Uh, post the kind of some of the stats yesterday. So 24 total overall wins, seven top five overall finishes in the pro class for Brandon Hogue with three podiums and third in points, uh, both a pro sport and a 25 plus national championship for Brett Musig, uh, a, a master's 50 plus national championship for his father, CD Musig and a production C title for Braden Lawless, who also rides for the team. So, uh, man, this has to be the team of the year, right? Like in my mind, I mean, look at those stats. Like it's pretty hard to argue against that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, they had a banner a year and, you know, for a first year program, I think, you know, they proved that they're, they want to be there and they want to be around for, you know, many years to come. So, you know, hats off to those guys. And I, I think it's awesome for them. And, you know, 
I, I respect Brett tremendously for stepping up and, and adding to the sport and, yes. and being a support system for guys in this sport. I think that's uh, really cool. And it says a lot about, you know, what he's trying to do. And I've known Brett for a lot of years, you know, and I've never been super, super tight with him, but we've always communicated and, and passing and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen one of his, you know, landscapers up by the shop, you know, doing mowing a gas station. So I snapped a picture and sent it to him. I'm like, oh, nice. Hey, look, it's one of your guys, you know? So, I mean, we're definitely friendly and I, you know, I respect what he's doing and I think it's good for the sport. Oh, Competition's yeah. great. Oh yeah. I mean, now you look at, you look at the series without him, you know, without that team in it and it wouldn't even be right, you know, cause they were such a staple of it this season. So I, I truly do hope that that combination stays together for years to come because we, you know, we've seen Brandon with a couple different groups and a couple different teams. And th- again, they proved to be the perfect combination for him. There's no arguing against that. It was a match made in heaven. I think that Brad and his dad, I mean, obviously they've had such a great race program for years and years and years, but you know, they bring a lot of expertise and knowledge and experience to the table for, you know, a team or a, or a rider like Brandon Hogue. So I really hope that that combination sticks together. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csdtires to join the CSD Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD Tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight-time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in Titles 1, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. 
With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATB Motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATB Motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Okay, so another topic that we were honing in on, a byproduct of Jeffrey Rostrelli's DNF and Moto One, it opened the door for Nick Janusa, and he sees that moment moving into fifth and in points on the final day of the season and extending his eight-year streak of 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 top five finishes, doing it every year of his career so far. I don't know if anybody else harps on this, but I love following it because I truly think that this is a big accomplishment for Nick Janusa, especially because last year, I believe it was last year, maybe the year before, but each of these last couple of years, it's been tough. Like he's had to do it at the very end to get into that top five spot. And I just find that that is such a respectable thing. And also Nick was riding so well at the end of the season here, he was qualifying. Well, he was being dicey in these motos. He finished fourth in the second moto. I believe like he's been like, he was his best self here late in the season. And that was impressive. So uh, Nick Janusa moves in the fifth in points on the final day. And, um, yeah, I thought that that was a, a really good, a really good thing for him. Like I said, I think that that's a, a big accomplishment. I really do. Yeah. And I, like, I, I really thought we weren't going to be able to talk about, you know, Nick's streak of top fives anymore. Not that I didn't want to talk about it. Like I, of course, I Nick and, yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I was like, it, it just looking at the points and all these guys were going to show up with their a game and, 
I'm like, it, it's going to be really tough for this to be able to pull off for Nick. But somehow again, he, you know, he locked it up and put himself in that fifth position. And, you know, Nick's second half of the season really turned for the better for him. I mean, you know, it was just solid results all the way through. And the consistency is what paid off. I mean, you know, it just, again, the first part of the season paper didn't look all that great. But as we went through it, you just see, you know, fourth, sixth, fourth, fifth, fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just locked himself right into that position and, and just being consistent all year. I mean, his his worst finish on the year is seventh. Yeah. He's got two or three sevenths. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the guys that are all around him, They've had thirds and, you know, seconds and fourths and fifths, and they've had tenths, tenths, you know, and those tenths are what has caused, you know, Brandon Hope 13th of the first round. That's what kept this battle so tight. And with Nick just being the the staple of consistency all year Mm -hmm. is what's locked himself into that fifth position again. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, he's made, he made some changes to his program, just kind of like dialing things back this year and doing it more like just, you know, within his means or whatever. And I think that, you know, it kind of shows like, Hey, Nick Janus is just such a great rider or such a gnarly dude that he can get it done no matter what. So uh major respect to him. I actually um, received a message from his mom on Saturday night and, you know, said he did it. And, you know, like you, you called it and, uh, and it took me a second to figure out, I'm like, oh shoot, like he, he did, you know, he must've done it. And I looked at the points and obviously he, uh, he got it done in the top five there. So that was a big deal for him. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on yet, Casey, one thing I didn't highlight, something I thought was so fitting to end the season with is team USA sweeping the podium at the finale. Joel Hattrick goes one, one Chad Wienan goes two, two and Bryce Ford goes three, three in the end. Uh, what a way to conclude the, the stateside racing ahead of the quad cross of nations event just uh, over a month from now, Casey, I thought that that was a really fitting way. I think that that's something we've said on a lot of these shows. I think it's something that we talked about, even talking about fantasy stuff that um, I I had really been like waiting and waiting and waiting and trying to predict these Bryce Ford podiums and uh, for it to come together at the the last race to have team USA sweep the thing um, was, was really impressive. And Bryce was right there with Chad for most all that second moto too. So, uh, really good performance by him, but overall for team USA, what a great way to end the, the AMA series by sweeping the podium at the final race. Yeah. I think Bryce rode like himself this weekend. I think, you know, he knew he had to go out there and put everything on the line. He needed it for himself. He needed it for the public. He needed to go out there and ride the way he did. And, I mean, he he was giving Chad, even the first moto there, he was closing on Chad at different times and had a couple of lines that were a little better than Chad's and, and kept Chad honest the entire first moto. And then second moto, I mean, man, like he was giving Chad all he could handle for quite a bit of that moto. And I, I think it was right around the 16-minute mark, I think, Bryce figured out, like, I'm not going to be able to make a pass on Chad. Like, I need to conserve myself and make sure that, you know, I don't put myself in a mistake or and cause myself cost myself a position. And he he rode great, but yeah, awesome to see Team USA, you know, get on the podium all together and and in the season that way. I think it was it was huge for every one of those guys, and I think it's huge for the team morale going and you know when we get ready to leave here in a couple of weeks to go over to the check and and try to make a statement over there also. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it was a great way to end the season. So, uh, Casey, everyone wants to hear about this protest situation. Um, obviously, we need to touch on it. So what can you tell me about that? Like, outline the whole deal for me, if you can, uh, because there might be some people out there that haven't seen all the, you know, the online drama or whatever, um, or didn't see the the podium thing. So, so what can you tell me about this protest situation? I mean, the way the way it goes down is protests aren't a bad thing. I think there, in all honesty, there should be more. Back in the day, we we used to have random teardowns. We used to have sound after the motos, and it, it keeps everybody honest. And and where it comes down to the facts is. You know, there were some things said, there were some things seen, possibly, whatever it was that went on. And so when it comes down to, if you look at the points, there were four points that separated, you know, Brandon and Bryce. And, you know, Bryce gave Brandon a huge amount of props for his riding, for, you know, his physical shape, like everything that he's doing. And Bryce knew, like, you know, like that third position, I don't think people understand how important that is. And everyone out there is competitors, and I think everyone will do whatever it takes to do it. And that was kind of like the last bit, like, you know, I want to make sure he's legal across the board or whatever it is. So they protested um, sound after the first moto, and that, you know, if Brandon would have been caught failing – sound that could have gave Bryce that little nudge he needed to end up third in points. There, there's money on the line. There's there's so much on the line for both of them. And it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it needs competition's competition. And it, it's a hard subject to try to explain correctly. You know, but protests are not a bad thing. Any one of these guys could protest each other. There's been talks about it like crazy. The music racing, Brandon Hogue, the all four racing exhaust was legal after the first moto. It sounded, it, it checked out, I think, at 94.2 or 94.6 or something like that. I don't have the exact decibel. Yeah, I was, told, I mean, it, I was told it was exactly, it was 1.1 decibels under the limit. Yeah, so it's it's 100% legal. It's all good. Yep. Um, where it comes down to is, you know, after the second moto, Bryson's up third. He, he went on the podium and he and he talked about it. He owned up to it. Mm-hmm. He said flat out, like, I did it. It was my last-ditch effort to possibly be able to get in the third. But what people aren't touching on is the three sentences before that of complimenting Brandon Hoke, of explaining himself and, and what the theory was going in behind it. And I think that no one's giving the kid the credit that he even had the balls to get on the podium and say something he didn't mean it when he was speaking about it on the podium. He didn't mean it like, oh, screw Brandon Hogue, and this is why I did it. Like, he gave him props, but he called himself out in the same time saying, yeah, I did it. Like, it was my last-ditch effort. So, is the podium the time to talk about it? I don't know. Did it come out 100% the way Bryce meant it to come out? No. The protest was done. It is what it is. It is live with it i don't know what these guys you know and maybe i'll lose fans over it i don't really care if if it was done vice versa or if someone else was a protest or if harv would have protested or not protested but called out the top five say and sound check yep. every one of them yep we wouldn't have this controversy about this it would have been oh that's status quo yep. but because bryce did it it came out the way it's coming out oh yep. he's an entitled rich kid blah blah, blah. 
if half of the community that is talking the massive amounts of shit on Bryce even had a clue what they actually do for the ATV community, their opinions would change of who Bryce Ford is. Yep. And I think I'm just going to leave it at that yep, before yep. I start getting fired up. <laughs> right. Well, so like you said, I don't know if I would have said something on the podium at the same time, he could have much easier. It would have been easier to not say anything. And he chose to say, you know, I want to clear this up. I want to get ahead of it. And I can respect that. I think that that's super honorable, especially when you hear the tone in his voice. And like you said, prior to that, him giving compliments to Brandon, how good of a season he had, how great of a rider he was, how hard he works. Those are the things that he said. And then for him to basically say, this was my last card to play. I can respect the shit out of that. I think that that's honorable. Again, especially when I hear the tone he was using, it was saying, hey, this is the last thing for me to do. I, I did my best on the track. This is the last card for me to play. And from what I was told, this wasn't necessarily his idea from the very beginning anyway. No, it wasn't at all. So he he really wasn't 100% aware of it, but it was brought to his attention. Sure. And if anyone really wants to know, it was me that brought it to his attention. I don't care. Like, and I, I'm going to get shit like from my boss. Cause I already told him, like I was the one that said it. It wasn't necessarily to go, Hey, go protest them. It right. was, Hey, this is going on. I've seen it. I've seen this stuff go on or whatever. And, and it's all accusations, yep. you know, or whatever you want to call it. But there, you have to play that competitive card all the time. And I think we've lost some of that in racing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, was a podium exactly the time to talk about it? No, but think about the theory there. He took his moment to shine, his moment to talk about himself and his race to compliment Brandon and call himself out on actually doing the protest. Right. Yeah. Again, I think it's honorable. I really do. I can respect it. And, and again, like I feel I, I just feel like these stray bullets that the kid gets just, just aren't, aren't deserved. You know, I, I really don't. And you know, every, so I guess there's, there's, it's, it's hard. It's not the easiest thing to outline. There's, there's all kinds of different people at these races or at races in general, right? There's people that are casually there. There's people that, you know, want to win. There's people that think they deserve to win. And then there's people that are literally willing to die to win. And there's so many different, you know, competitors, levels of competitiveness that some people would never protest that some people know other people might be not in the pro class necessarily, but there's people out there that know people are pushing the limits and aren't going to protest. And then, you know, you go to the other end of the spectrum and I mean, there's shoot, I've been protested, you know, like sometimes that that's just part of this thing. Like everybody, like all of those pros, I guarantee it have been protested probably at some time, right? Like coming up through the ranks or whatever, like it just happens. This is just part of racing. And again, typically it's like under the table. Typically it's like something that doesn't like it's taboo. You don't talk about it. And for him to go on the podium and say what he did and say that, you know, I want, I want to clear this up. I just, uh, I just, I, I respect that a ton. So I've probably been protested more than anyone in that parking lot. Never <laughs> as a rider because I've, I don't, I've never raced ATV motocross, but as a mechanic, like I've been through. Yeah. I can't even count how many engine protests we got when I was working for Baird. We got protested for having nitrous. I remember. They, they said we had nitrous. 
Like, that's incredible. To me, that's the biggest compliment you could ever It is. Get. You're exactly right. That's what I always tell everybody is it's the biggest compliment because they think that you can't straight up do what you just did. They think that you must be cheating. Yeah. And so, like, for me, like, the protest isn't what this is turning out to be mm-hmm. at all. Like, there was a protest at Redbud in the amateur classes. That thing's got to be a big board stroke or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was 100% legal. The protestee, the one that was protested, his attitude was great the entire time. Like, you knew as soon as he was presented with the paperwork that he was legal instantly because of just his attitude. You're only going to throw a fit and freak out and cause a bunch of shit if you're illegal. I've went as far as to, I was told I was going to be protested at Loretta's with, with Lane, well, 90 shifter or something, whatever class, years and years ago. My memory is not nearly as good as it used to be. But I remember it was at Loretta's, and we were there, and I was told by the official, well, after I'd already washed the bike and everything on Sunday for second moto, okay. hey, I'm sorry, I was caught up with something else, but you're going to be protested. Are you okay with it being after the time allotted, everything? You know, is it cool if we still do the protest? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll be right back. Don't move the bike, please. Like, be as, the bike will sit right there. Yeah. I walked away, went and finished loading up the trailer, doing whatever I was doing. Official comes back and he says, guy decided he didn't want to do the protest. I'm like, okay. I'm like, who is it? Tell me who it is. The official wouldn't tell me. But he gave me enough hint that I figured out who it was. Yep. I went and found the guy. I said, come on, let's go tear it down right now. I'll tear it down for free. I'll measure it for you. We'll do the math together. Anything that you want to know about that machine, I will show you right now. He yeah. said, obviously, you're not cheating. I said, 100%. I've passed every single protest that we've ever been thrown at us. Right. Like, with flying colors, I said, the thing's 90 or 87 cc's. It's not even 90 cc's like it's supposed to be. Right. I'm like, I'll give you the map for it. You can call my engine builder and he'll build you the same engine. Yeah. Like, here's the facts of it. Like, give me a compliment. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. But this situation is just, I mean, we're going to sit here and beat a dead horse. There's going to be so many different opinions on it. It's not because the kid feels like he's entitled. The kid is competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, his entire family is competitive. And again, if any one of these haters had a inkling uh, even a, the slightest clue of what they actually do for the sport, they would shut their mouth in a heartbeat. And honestly, most of the haters that I've seen, I've never even heard their name. I've never even seen them at a motocross race. I check all the results. I study the results every week so I can go onto this show. Plus, I can write my race reports and stuff. Don't even recognize half of the names. I mean, some of them, yeah, for sure. But the majority of the guys that are just blasting the kid, don't even see them. So, Show up to the races and be a supporter supporter of ATV motocross and be at these races and and then share your opinion. Actually see that while Bryce is waiting to go on the podium, that he's at the starting gate with like the 70 shifter class packing gates and helping the kids out or, you know, any of that stuff. And, every, you know, all these guys do it. Brandon Hogue does it. It's not just giving credit to Bryce for doing that kind of stuff and being with the fans. Like all these guys do that stuff because they're pros pros. They're humans. They they love this sport just as much as every one of us and every one of these guys that are talking all the crap and, and being haters. I know you guys love this sport or you wouldn't be this passionate on Facebook about bashing on a kid that you don't like. Right. So it's it's no disrespect to you, but 
show up and put in the work that these guys are putting in and then and then start talking shit yep in the end bryce ford wins the battle Brandon Hogue wins the war for third in points. Uh, Bryce Ford, we all got a cheer for him. Like I posted yesterday on our on our social channels, uh, he's Team USA. He's one of our guys. We got a pull for him, so everybody, I sure hope everybody does. And uh, in next year, you know, I mean, we've been told now that this this uh, Team USA thing goes down to points. So next year, presumably Brandon Hogue will get the spot. We were already talking about it before the last race. We were talking about it on Thursday, Brandon and I, and and what bike he would want to ride and, and that whole deal. So, um, so yeah, we people, Brandon Hogue fans can look forward to that now. But yes, he did get the, the third overall spot in points on this weekend as well. Uh, kind of one last thing to, to touch on about all this drama. I don't think that this is going to be something Casey, but someone wrote in, uh, about someone trying to claim Joel Hetrick's quad. And that was the first I heard of this. So I'm I, I can't imagine that this is legit Casey. No, it didn't. And in pro racing, there is no claiming role. Got it. That's that's reflecting back to amateur racing the week before we were there when De- um, someone tried to claim Deegan's bike and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I I think after Saturday night, they'd probably give you the thing. <laughs> I was thinking that as well. I'm like, man, like at what point do you want it? Because <laughs> yeah. Because the thing had gotten pretty beat up at that point. So, yes, I knew exactly where that was coming from. I wanted to at least say it here on the show um, about the whole, I don't know if, I'm sure some of you out there have been following this claim drama from the dirt bike amateur race with, you know, Deegan's bike getting claimed and then not getting claimed and then Yamaha and all this, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff going on with that. So, um, so yeah, I needed to touch on that, Casey. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. 
Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of Deep Heat Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Brakes are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borch. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer. Products ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local Parts Unlimited stocking dealer, or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes, and have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Let's get into the rest of the the pro class from Loretta. So uh, we'll do a full season wrap up in the weeks to come, but I do want to tie up all of the the racing from Loretta's itself. So tell me about the celebrating that went on for this title for Joel Hetcher, Casey. We touched on it a little bit. And one thing I forgot to say before, I add to the list on this day that this was the 50th overall win of Joel Hetrick's career. It's been on the radar for a couple months now as we were waiting for him to get another overall win. But this was the 50th overall win for Joel Hetrick as a professional that was just added to the list of things that he accomplished on this day. So you guys are celebrating this third title for him. Tell me about that. It looked like it got a little crazy down there. Yeah, no, I think it was all in good fun. And, you know, that's how it should be. I think there's so much time that, you know, these guys win races and, and it's just like it gets repetitive at times. You know, you talk about 50 overall wins. I mean, how many do you need to be happy in that sense? But at, at the same time, I think for anyone like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've, I follow dirt bikes and stuff. And a lot of these guys are like, oh, you won that championship. You know, how did it feel? Did, did it sink in that night? Or when did it sink in? And they're like, no, you know, Monday was just back to work. Mm-hmm. And I and I even said it, you know, when I was announcing with Kevin Bailey, you know, I, I really hope that Joe embraces this and, and celebrates this, you know, 
whether it's, you know, doing burnouts and over, you know, panic revving his bike for an hour after the race or whatever it is, like they, they really need to enjoy this and embrace it because championships are so hard to win. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, look at the list of guys that you're racing against, you know, Chad Ween and Brandon Hogue, Bryce Ford, Nick Janusa, Rastrelli. I mean, Max Linquist, looking like these guys are the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And to win the championship, six overalls, and, you know, clearly we all seen how fantastic Joel Hetrick was all year long. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. And that's what it was Saturday night. Embracing what it was. He still did his autograph session. He still went to the youth contingency. And he had a blast. And the kid had a smile on his face all all evening long and you know it was just it was a great time doing burnouts and revving the bike up and just it was awesome to see everyone kind of cut loose i mean heck we even got dean Lute, dean baker to cut loose a little bit and <laughs> he had a blast with us and you know it's hats off to the phoenix racing team in general you know my boss jay goble you know he's put in a tremendous amount of work to get joel to be as comfortable as he is gary you know, the first thing I said to Gary after the first moto, I shook his hand and gave him a hug. And I said, welcome to the club. And, you know, I'm proud of you and you deserve it. Like Gary's put in the work with Joel over the last, I think this is his third season. And to be able to get that championship with him, I think that's awesome. Jim Hardy was there, you know, every race this year, helping out whatever Gary needed and, and whatever Joel needed, he was there. And, you know, David, this is, you know, David's won, you know, championships in Rain Cross and stuff like that. He's won ATV motocross championships, but I think this one resonated even bigger with David. And I, I think it just speaks volumes for what the amount of work that goes in. And I think for Carly, even, you know, Joel's mom and dad and, and Joel himself, like it was such a, you could tell after the first moto, like when Joel stopped, we were all standing there and, you know, it, we didn't celebrate it hugely because they don't present them the actual, yeah you know, number one plate until after the second moto, but right, the celebration was awesome. I think it was just, it was really cool to see those guys actually embrace it and everyone cut loose a little bit. Just, you could tell like the weight was lifted off of everyone's shoulders. You know, we did it and um, we even played a little queen that night. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's funny after the first moto, because it sounded like, like, uh, like, you know, it was wrapped up at that point, but even like, it's like Kevin didn't want to say it was wrapped up. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, but for Joel, man, this season, like you can't say enough. I mean, he led this thing from start to finish. You know, he, he led it from day one until the very end and basically controlled it throughout that entire time. So what a freaking season for this guy and something that we touched on, on that last episode, but the way that he, you know, stop the bleeding. Basically. I don't, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but you know, during that stretch where Chad was really putting it together, Joel was still just as good, you know, like he, during that stretch of overall wins for Chad, Joel still made up a single point. Like that's just wild to think. And, and Chad even said, Chad said on that last episode, he's like, man, like I'm realistic. Like I know, you know, I mean, the odds of it happening at this final race aren't much, but every time he got a chance to talk about Joel's season, he said, dude, he just had another gear. He just had another level. And, and I think that that, you know, is pretty, pretty honorable between those guys too. Yeah. Did you see Chad's hashtag the other day? Not done. Yes, I did. I, he was yeah. very, he, he was very, and wasn't it like unfinished business too? He hashtag or, or unfinished business. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I think that's, I mean, that shows the fire that Chad still oh, has. Oh, for I think sure. That's no, 
notable to talk about. I think a lot of people think maybe, you know, Chad's obviously has a contract for next year or, you know, he he did a two year deal. And so he's going to come back next year. And I think people think he's just going to ride it in and, and finish out his career like that. But I, no, I pick up on little things like that. And I think, you know, Chad's definitely going to go home and he's going to try to find some more speed. We, we've seen it throughout the season. I mean, his starts, he won the whole shot championship. That's wild. Would you ever, and you've been in this as long as I have, and would you ever have thought that Chad Whedon would win the whole shot championship? No. Not a chance. No. Ever. Not a chance. No. So, you know, that shows him. He even said it was his, his Achilles heel on the, the last episode Years. when he came on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy to think that. But every time that he's lost one of these titles, and I know he's getting older, but every time he's lost one of these titles, he's came back with a better machine and a better version of himself the next year. So, yeah. so he's never lost the title back-to-back since you know he won that first one in 2012. So you got to believe that he's going to be ready to rip at the beginning of next season and come out, you know, come out swinging. And he knows that there's obviously with this version of Joel Hetrick. Now there's no room for error. You know, there's no room for those third and motos or, you know, he got fifth at Daytona, but there's no room for that, you know? So he's going to end up coming back as the best version of himself. And I don't really doubt that at all. No, not at all. And I think if you're Joel, you prepare for that and you, you're just ready to go next year. And, to do it all over again. I mean, you you can just see though, like I don't maturity. I don't think is like the right word for it, but the the mindset that Joel had all year, mm-hmm. and just he just believed, and he just knew like it was his time. And you know, the days that he got seconds, he was upset about it for sure. But it wasn't like oh, it's the end of the world. Like I got to like he put that string of four first races together where he really established that comfort zone. And I think he kind of took a note out of Chad Wienan's program there, you know, and Chad Wienan's championships. We can go back and look at different years, but Chad strings together wins and builds a comfort zone there. And, you know, for some of the adversity that went on Ironman, you know, the complete, you know, mutter mm-hmm. to, you know, even Pleasure Valley, I mean, that was a pivotal moment, I think, where everyone expected Joel to go to Pleasure Valley and just straight dominate. Hard packed, fast, Pennsylvania track, you know, relatively home, you know, it was his home state entire life until this last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just that's what we all expected. And and he didn't get the win there. He actually went two two there, yep. which was, you know, kind of huge. Obviously we all know the moments that kind of caused that, but it is what it is. And but you, you take those losses, his worst finish of the year is a second. Yeah. And that's what makes champions. Oh, that's what yeah. wins championships. If you, when, when a rider finishes first or second in every race, I mean, it's basically impossible to beat that person, you know? So in years past, Chad had been that guy. And, uh, in, in this year went a little differently. So, uh, Joel Hetrick gets the W there, Chad Wien in second, Bryce Ford third. We talked about them. We discussed Nick Janusa going six, four to clinch that top five spot. Uh, he was fourth overall on the day. Um, fifth overall on the day was Brandon Hogue, five, six to hang on for that top three spot in points. 
uh, gritty performance by him. Logan Stanfield's hot streak continues, Casey. We haven't talked about him yet. 7-8 works out for sixth overall in the day for him. What a ride for Logan. I feel like late in the season here, Logan has been, you know, really coming into his own, being the best version of himself. And that that's super impressive for him. He ends up uh, eighth in points, but these last couple weeks going, uh, going seven, six at these last two rounds, man, Logan Stanfield killed it again uh, to cap the season here at Loretta Lynn's. Yeah, no, it was an awesome weekend again for Logan. And I love to see it. Uh, you know, the, any one of those guys when, you know, they really put it together, it, it's always good. It's so competitive. You know, I think, what do we call it? The tier three in fantasy, yep. you know, all of them are just gnarly and, and have just these hot streaks that, that they get on. And, and that's where Logan was, you know, here this last few rounds. Yeah. So, so yeah, he killed it. You know, there's, it's like, it's like, there's not that much to say about him because the dude is so solid, you know, the dude is so solid each and every weekend, which is awesome. It makes him a great fantasy pick. Um, but yeah, he's been hot here at the end of the year and the math works. Yeah, up he was, he was part of my winning team. Yeah, there you go. I feel like he's probably on your team every race all year, pretty much. So, um, so yeah, he he killed it for us. But Casey, man, what could have been for Max Linquist after a podium here last year? He had another podium performance in the bag on Saturday until tragedy strikes. Max Linquist breaks what you informed me was a throttle cable of all things with one lap to go in the second moto. Are you serious? Casey he gets fourth in the first moto. It looks like he's going to, he was literally in second when that quad came apart with one lap to go, he was going to put himself on the podium on this day. And it just wasn't meant to be a throttle cable comes apart with two corners left. So, so one lap and a corner or two left, man, it just, unreal that that's how it went down unreal he led that thing early he grabs the whole shot he runs second for the majority of the race i couldn't believe it i mean i i think the whole tower there was was uh was crushed when that happened to max Linquist. yeah no i think it you know just crazy he said he landed just a little far on that table and when he went to gas it it popped the throttle cable so not sure if it was an old throttle cable or whatever it was just a freak thing i mean yeah. we don't see that at this level and you know it it <laughs> it doesn't sum up max Linquist by any means um you know his results this year on paper again sound like a broken record you know he had speed he rode well all year long just had some crazy different things and adversity happen all season long that you know put him in this position and it's just I think it was a full heartbreak year for Max Linquist and a lot of it you know some of it was in his control I think he had a couple of wrecks and stuff like that but a lot of it was out of his control to say and uh, just crazy um I I have my theory on what could have happened and all I'm going to tell Max is he needs to call Doug Gus and Doug will tell him how not to break throttle cables. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, for Max Linquist last year, we saw those couple podiums. Uh, you know, we saw a couple this year as well, but this year you saw some, some, flashes in the pan of you know he, he beats chad at briarcliff in that moto uh he looks like that was shoot i i almost say you know how can i not say it, it was likely to happen on saturday you know there's only one lap left chad was there but he wasn't like you know all over the guy it's not like max was holding him up so it really looks like max is no. maybe gonna hold on for that second spot in that moto too 
And, and that's not something that we necessarily saw last year was him running that top three speed or top two speed, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, we saw some more flashes from him and if he gets that much, you know, he's so young. So obviously there's so much upside. There's so much growth to be had. Like if he takes a, another, you know, baby step forward coming into next season, dude, he's shooting. Now we're seeing him get better starts and stuff. Like he's going to be a, he's going to be a monster. Yeah. I mean, he got the whole show that moto and, and now he, he was there. Uh, there, you cannot take that away from him. He was riding incredible that second moto. Yeah, I mean, he rode great the first moto too. Uh, complete different kid than what we've seen second moto <laughs> at Redbud. Yeah, there, you know, just and no hats off to Max. I I think the the value that needs to be taken from Max and you know all these guys and you know Brandon Hogue, Bryce Ford, Max Linquist, you know they're all relatively young and even Zach Decker. Yeah. Zach's speed is good. Yes, it is. It, it's just, you know, coming into his own and, and learning the ropes and learning these tracks on, you know, in the pro level at that same time. I, Zach's raced these tracks for years, so he knows the tracks. But yep. lining up with your idols is incredible. And every one of these guys, our young talent in ATV motocross, and, and speaking, I mean, I can speak about it all the way through the results all day long. Like, I, I just – I would do it until my, life, my face is blue because – I see so much potential out there, but our young talent in the pro class right now is really exciting to me. Yeah. I I just we have phenoms, absolute phenoms. Brandon Hogue, Brandon won championships all through his amateur ranks, blazing fast. Max Lindquist, same thing. Bryce Ford, same thing. Zach Decker, same thing. I mean, these guys are great. And then now we have guys that we're technically calling veterans, but they're really not. Cody Ford's won plenty of amateur championships. Logan Stanfield, same thing. These guys have the potential. There's not a doubt in my mind that on any given weekend that Cody Ford and Logan Stanfield can insert themselves into this top five yes. and start battling with the likes of Nick Genusa, Jeffrey Rustelli, Brandon, Bryce, Max. So it's really one of the one of the strongest fields I've seen, knowing that the talent that these guys have and mm-hmm. I've known these guys yep. for so long. And so you've seen them grow and, and turn into racers. And so I think for Max and, and really Zach Decker, um, I think it's just knowing like time is coming, like just yep. don't be yourself to death over it. Let's just keep progressing and yep. keep moving, you know, into that next season and, and working on bettering yourself and you're going to be in the mix. And, you know, I think at some point we're going to see these guys winning races. Yeah. So, so I agree hundred percent. I, I think like when we post those, you know, the old videos and the old clips and WPSA days and stuff like that, you see people fixate on the names of these legends and yes, like there are, you know, there's, it's saturated. There's legends throughout the entire class. At the same time, you look at the class now and yes, like they might, you know, it might not be all the names that there were back then, but the, the quality of the racing, the quality of the riders, the quality of how many, you know, the class is so saturated with great guys and great riders. We know the level that these guys are at, like the level is you can't question the level. And I always, and I've said so many times, there's no average guys out there to show you as a, as a measuring point on how good these guys are. 
you know, so, so that's, you know, one thing to touch on, but, um, but yeah, the level in that class is so good right now. Uh, so yeah, what could have been for Max Linquist four, two turns into four twelve for seventh overall for Max Linquist. And I guess kind of piggybacking off that last thing, Cody Ford, and you mentioned him there is a great representative of that strong summer continues for him. Uh, great performance at the, at the, the finale eight, nine for eighth overall, but look at how much better he is than even years past. Like he's a guy that's been solidly up, you know, eighth, ninth throughout the season here, but he's so much better than he was in years past. He's so solid now. Like you don't see this up and down. You don't see him, you know, outside the top 10. He's so good. And guys like him are what add to this class and make it so good. Like when you can count on a guy in the middle of the class in in eight pl- eighth place, who's going to, you know, bring it every weekend like Cody Ford does. I think that that shows you how good the class is. Yeah, definitely. And you know he's going to be there week in and week out, and he's going to be solid. And, you know, I think for any one of these guys, it's really just a start. They're like a start away. You get a good start, and, like, your results are the best. I guarantee you, you know, Cody got sixth at uh, Pleasure Valley, and his start was incredible. Yeah. And and that's the, the big ticket is they're all very tight, and their speed is really close. Their endurance is good. And so that's the the tick up that you get. And, you know, you can see it, how it progresses. And the, your better results are always going to come, obviously, when the better start you have without, you know, a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree 100%. Uh, going down the list here, ninth was Jeffrey Rastrelli with those 14-5 scores gutted for him to end the season that way, obviously. Uh, Zach Decker, like you just touched on, he rounds up the top 10 on this day, scores uh, 12, seven, uh, and that's seventh place in that second moto was a strong conclusion for a rookie of the year campaign for Zach Decker. I actually remember, uh, highlighting that in the play-by-play, uh, during that second moto towards the end of that one, that he rode well, like when you saw where he was relative to the other guys in that moto, he rode really well. So that seventh was strong and, uh, yeah, rookie of the year, uh, season for Zach Decker. He absolutely slayed it on this day. And I don't know, I mean, if he was able to take, if he's able to take a step in the off season, which I'm assuming is what we're going to see. I mean, he could be a guy that challenges for top fives. We saw multiple six place finishes this year, Casey. So if he can just, you know, make it, you know, maybe a little more consistent and and obviously grow, you see a big jump from year one to year two as a pro, he could be a, a guy who's up in that tier two every weekend next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going to see a jump from Zach Decker next year, and I think that's without a doubt. And it's just, you know, growing and 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 fine-tuning your racecraft. Obviously, he's got a very solid program behind him. You know, they had Decker training facility down there. So, I mean, he has an unlimited ceiling. Like, he can continue to grow. We know he has the talent. Um, it was Patrick Torini considered a rookie i would assume I mean, so. obviously his first year so i mean really he had competition i mean you're you right can see they're both 10th and 11th in points here so you're right yeah he had right. some solid competition there's a pretty good gap between those two but um yeah you know with zach without a, a crash in the first moto that 10th could really be you know ninth eighth seventh or somewhere in there i mean he, he rode good all day and mm-hmm. you know it's just I, I didn't see his crash. You're actually the one that told me during the moto that he crashed, and um, I didn't. I didn't even see it. Insurance. It's not something everyone likes to talk about, but let's face it: if you race motocross, it's something you should have. 
Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, if you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things, such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrated Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how Integrated Financial Concepts can help you. Living benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance. Riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products. This is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. We recite on every Digging Deep episode that we are all about aligning with others who share our passion and love for ATVs. And that's exactly what Blends All is. For more than 60 years, Blends All Racing Oil has been the secret choice of many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From world championship kart racing in Europe, to California speedway racing, or the mud and rocks of East Coast cross-country racing, thousands of hardcore racers know that nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blends All. Even with Blends All's wide reach into all forms of racing, 
Blenzall's lead man David Schloss admits that ATV riders are his people. In fact, he's been an ATV enthusiast since 1986 when he first threw a leg over a Suzuki Quad Sport 230. Fun fact, his passion for ATV racing even led him to launch a popular ATV racing magazine in the mid-2000s called ATV Insider. So Blenzall is a small family-owned business that blends and bottles all of its products in Ohio and has ATV roots? Sign us up. That's why Blenzall is the oil choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. To learn more about Blenzall's rich heritage or to shop Blenzall's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzall.com and follow them at Blenzall on Instagram. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market. Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at EvansCoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Patrick Cerini ends up 11th in points just behind Zach, and it really only was. It only ended up being 22 points. So, yes, it wasn't some big, giant, you know, gap. So that battle for Rookie of the Year actually was was pretty legit. So I, I guess that was something I wasn't even thinking about that much until now, but, but yeah, that was, that was impressive. So, uh, so yeah, Zach Decker ends up getting that rookie of the year, uh, obviously clinching that on this day and um, top 10 in the series, top 10 at Loretta. So a uh, good way for him to cap the season, especially for that, with that strong second moto. So uh, like we touched on there, Patrick Torini goes nine, 10 for 11. So the math didn't work out in Patrick Torini's favor on this day, Casey, but sneaky, good, solid day for him to conclude his first year in the States. Uh, what do you know? I know you've worked with that program a little bit. Could he return in the future? Like what is, what is the scoop with that? Do you know anything there? I think as of talking to him and his mechanic this weekend, I think they have every intention of returning. You know, okay. so I, they're shipping their bike from here back home. And that's going to be the bike that he ends up racing at the QXON. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to, you know, plan on being here next year and and still kind of doing the same program you know he's racing the italian championship i think the kid almost raced every weekend this summer so you know really not even riding in between rounds because the flights are so long so yeah you know that's a toll on your body on everything you know the jet lag that you're going to have going back and forth and the time zones Mm -hmm. so um maybe he can work it out next year to where he could be here a little bit more and i think you know if I'm sure he's going to stay involved with the Wiener Motorsports program and be able to ride with Chad a little bit more and, and have some better footing. And now that he's learned the tracks, I think we could see huge gangs out of Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. I think that we heard Chad kind of highlight that. I think that maybe a step forward in the future does look like, you know, not, you know, going back and forth throughout these races and staying with Chad and kind of picking up on some of the stuff that he's doing, but yeah, awesome to have him here. I mean, we've talked about it that these international guys add so much to the class, so it's awesome to to have him here. And I hope that he does come back. Uh, so twelfth was Vince Merman, eleven eleven for twelfth for him. Uh, solid season for him. Uh, really good, really good to see him. I feel like he took a step this season. Thirteenth on the day was Caesar Jimenez, ten thirteen. He had a good run in that first moto for a top ten finish, and he's another guy that that has done well this season. Good to have him back here at the end and, and strong 
strong, stronger than he was earlier in the season when he was battling some things and rounding out the field. 14th was Zach Harris on uh, his return with 13, 14 finishes. Uh, so Casey, that finishes up our pro class coverage. Uh, like we said, we'll do a season wrap up in, in a coming episode, kind of wrap up all the, all the stuff and all the storylines and the points and all the fun stuff we saw this season. Uh, but the other storyline we've been following is the race for the pro-am title. And it did not disappoint. Dane Molander came into Loretta's with the, the, the point lead and uh, he didn't have to win, but no one told Dane that. In both motos, Aaron Salinas led early before Dane passed his way through the pack and chased down Aaron to take the lead in the win in each moto and the overall. Uh, we saw you know some amazing racing on this day, but in the end, Dane Molander does his best Joel Hetrick impression going 1-1 in Pro-Am to clinch the national championship here at Loretta's. Wow, what a performance for the new Pro-Am national champion, Dane Molander, Casey. What a freaking ride. Like I couldn't even believe he was pushing it as hard as he was. Man, he just went out there and seized it as his own, left no doubt in anybody's mind who the champion should be. And man, he absolutely freaking killed it. Yeah, Dane rode great. You know, Dane rode great all season. And I think, you know, with some ups and downs, and it, it always seemed to pull it together come Sunday for Pro Am. Like, Pro Sport would just be, you know, a really good moto and then a really bad moto or a really big wreck. But, you know, congratulations to Dane. I'm so proud of the kid. I love the kid. And just to, for him to get this, I think it was, it was huge for him. It is his first year in that Pro-Am class. And, you know, to come out and win the championship, I, you know, there was a lot of hype that kind of come in behind Dane because of some of his, you know, performances in pro sport last year. Oh, yeah. He only raced a couple and he, you know, and he won Red Bud. So there was a lot of hype behind it. So I think to back the hype up, I think it was good for him. And, you know, it's not – I mean, his competition was stellar. You know, Chambers, incredible. Aaron Salinas, incredible. Shadow, incredible. Like, these guys are, are bad dudes. And mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. I, I'm I'm really, really happy for Dane. I've been – I need to make a post for him. And I've just been kind of brewing up, like, what I wanted to, you know, put out there. But um, – I'm excited for him and I'm excited to see what he holds for the future. And if he decides to dabble in the pro class or, you know, use another year of pro-am and defend his title or what he's going to end up doing, I think it's still somewhat a little bit in question. I think they probably have a pretty solid game plan, but it's just hasn't been a hundred percent made public yet. Okay. So that was going to be my question. I mean, that's what we do. That's what just in sports, what people do is we don't focus on what just happened. We've, you know, everybody wants to focus on what's next. So what's next. Uh, yeah. 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 So I didn't know if you knew anything more about, you know, is he going to go pro? I saw people speculating about it on the internet. I saw somebody saying he was going to ride a Suzuki. Um, so, so, I mean, maybe there's no more that you can share, but man, it looks like it's, Shoot, I don't know how to say it, but it looks like it it would be possibly the time for him to go pro. Like he would fit in just just fine. Like his speed, his raw speed that we saw at this finale, man, was freaking next level because Aaron Salinas was out front riding fast as can be. And Dane was able to grab another gear and catch him and go by him and check out. You know, I mean, he he looked like the class of the field. He really did. Yeah, I mean, both those guys were we're gnarly this weekend and yeah yeah I, I think dane's plan i mean he really likes that platform that he's on he, he's very comfortable on it and so i think um going into the pro class when he decides to make that jump or fully convinced to it i think he'll probably end up being on a suzuki oh really okay so i i took that as 
I took that as, you know, not believable, but yeah, that, that, I mean, it makes sense. Um, so, so I guess that kind of wraps up our, our pro-am uh, coverage, Casey. So with that, that leads me into the rest of our amateur coverage here to finish things up. So whose performances at the finale stood out to you, Casey, who do you want to highlight here as we talk about our amateurs uh, before finishing up? I and mean, really it was, you know, I wanted to touch on Dane there, you know, locking that up and, and doing it in an incredible fashion. You know, and then, you know, we go right into, you know, pro sport. I mean, Brett rode a solid weekend again. I mean, you, you look at the wins that he's got in that class and, you know, really just incredible. And and Aaron, I mean, Aaron had a big get off at Redbud. And to come back, you know, he didn't get to ride in between rounds. And so I don't think, you know, I think he was fine. He was healthy. He was probably still a little bit sore, but to come back here, you know, this round at Loretta's and, and ride the way he did and lead the pro-am class, you know, if he, I think he feels he left a little on the table for sure. But I, I think for Aaron, you need to hang your head high. Like you, you had a big one at Red Bud and, you know, you didn't get to put in the work in between rounds and you were still a solid competitor and you were still battling for wins. Um, and I think it just goes down the list. Um, so many guys, you know, Clayton Deckard, he won a couple motos on Saturday. I think it was a, a good way for him to cap the year off. And, uh, you know, Launderville, I mean, he had, uh, he had a weekend that he, I think he'd rather forget. Honestly, he had a couple pretty big get offs, but yeah. talking in the season wise, I mean, you know, coming back from a massive injury last year, I think JJ, you know, really impressed a lot of guys. So, you know, really happy about that. And then really for me, 250 classes. We I, I try to bring it up every weekend because these guys are so gnarly. And, you know, no RL pulling off two championships clutch at Loretta's. And Joey Norris, you know, winning the other one. But I think it goes unsaid that, you know, Matt Greenwald was a force to be reckoned with in this class, in all three of these classes. And, you know, he didn't end up pulling the championships out. It was really down to the wire for these guys. And, you know, I, the rumor on the street that I keep hearing is Greenwald's done. I, I hope that's not the case. I, I hope that he can, you know, figure something out and, and come back next year because he's in a massive amount of talent. And, you know, I don't know what the future is for Noah and Joey, if they're going 450 next year or not, but I'm excited to see these guys. And I really want to figure out a way to try to showcase the 250 classes closer to the pro classes kind of make a bigger deal about it because these kids are literally putting their heart and soul out there every moto. Oh yeah. I mean, I wish that this could have been a season where you got to highlight the class, right? I mean, we did on the show here as best we could, but I mean, at the races, because like those battles that we saw this year, you know, between those three guys or, or more was, was wild. So to see Noah Arnell, like go out and sweep the 250 classes when it's all on the line this weekend. I mean, what, uh, what a credit to him, but kind of going down the list, like you did, I mean, Brett absolutely killed it. Kind of touched on him even earlier in the show, um, man, seeing him get back in there. And he said to me, he's like, this is, I think that this is the, you know, the best that I've ever rode. And I'm like, dude, no question in my mind. This is the best you ever rode. He's been on fire. I've said it before. I think he's the, I think he's the hottest non-pro in the series. I really do. I think that, man, that 
that guy can do whatever he sets out to, to accomplish. I think, um, Aaron Salinas, I think that, you know, on, on Saturday and Sunday between the two classes, I think he very much proved that he could very, you know, he it's, he's deserved of that, uh, of that rising star award of ours. I think that he did nothing but help his cause in that, um, Peyton Lingle, like, I think that he killed it this weekend. I, like you said, JJ, Launderville had a, a a weekend that he would obviously want to forget, but that kind of opened the door for Lingle and he burst through that thing and seized it, won both of his classes. And um, the other thing I want to touch on, cause you did the two fifties already Kinsey Osborne. So she wins the WMX class. I believe it's the eighth overall win of her rookie season in WMX, but she pops a knee between motos Um looks like she's maybe not even going to ride the second moto ends up putting a brace on the thing. She's going to go out there and ride and, and try to make it work in the second moto. She ends up winning that second moto. Uh, so obviously, you know, credit to her. It just shows how gnarly she is, but it also took her out of the B classes on this weekend. Like we were so excited to see, which is unfortunate, but just hoping that that's nothing, nothing too serious. Hopefully it's not, you know, nothing. I mean, nothing that everybody, you know, has nightmares about as far as knee injuries go. Um, but it also shows you how gnarly she is and going, you know, looking forward, I'm sure she's going to be, you know, somebody who's very much in contention for these B races as well. But, uh, man, we saw a lot of great racing at Loretta's Casey as always. And man, it's just awesome to see, you know, all the pressure you go to Loretta's and, and I think that the, the overwhelming feeling that comes along with it is this pressure, you know, like there's like, you have to perform. It's the, you know, it's the finale. And I think that that carries over from the bike races too. It's just, uh, you know, you got to perform on the biggest stage and we see these guys do it guys like, you know, no RNL sweeping the two fifty classes, people stepping up to the plate when it's needed. And, and I think that that's just something, something really special to highlight. So we saw, Awesome amateur racing all season long. And Loretta's was no different Casey. It was awesome to, uh, to see that and cover it and talk about it. And man, um, uh, I just, I don't even know what to say with some of these classes. Some of these classes have gotten so fast, you know, the level in these classes are so fast. It's like, that's why we're able to see guys move right up to pro sport and be in contention and, and pro-am and, you know, be contenders right away. And that's just such a testament to how good these classes are. Yeah, for sure. And it it speaks volumes for the effort that's being put in. Yeah. And I think that's what it needs to come back to is, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't get to say or a lot of people that we don't get to talk about. We would literally have an eight hour show if we really went through every (laughs) single thing we wanted to talk about. Right. But, you know, these guys that are doing big things and, and putting in the effort don't think that we don't notice it and we don't see it you know, your time is going to come to when, you know, we get to highlight you or whatever it is. So no, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm sort of sad to see the season go and, you know, on one hand, but then on the other hand, like, you know, my focus is now, you know, obviously focusing on the business, getting shocks done, getting people taken care of, and then going to check and, you know, representing the USA. And it's a, it's a huge honor to me. It's probably one of the most, you know, I, especially that I haven't been a mechanic for so many years now to mm-hmm. come back and be a mechanic and being able to go over and live a dream that I've wanted to do since even when I was being a dirt, like a dirt bike mechanic. And I I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, like I had 
posted, you know, just a, a day or two ago uh, for everybody. You know, the season is over at this point, except for Team USA and all of you guys that are involved. And that kind of becomes the focus for all of us. You know, that's something that we're going to focus on going forward. And uh, like I said, we'll have a season review show coming up as well. We'll highlight some of those things. I wanted to give the riders, these riders, a uh, little time, um, you know, their season just ended. So I wanted to give them a little time and then we'll get them on to talk about some of these performances and stuff that we saw at the season finale. So I look forward to doing, uh, doing that soon, but man, in the meantime, if you don't have anything else, that'll be a wrap for us here. And it's been fun to, to relive Loretta's uh, Loretta's is always so special. Uh, I think that it was uh, something I should have highlighted probably even earlier in this thing is how good Loretta's looked. I mean, for, to know the devastation that went down last year, uh, shortly right after we left, basically, I mean, other than telling, you know, you're able to see that the structures are, you know, new, you know, there's a lot of nice new things there, but otherwise, I mean, Loretta's looks just the same, you know, Loretta's looks just as we remember it. It's just as awesome as we remember it as beautiful as we remember it. And, you know, the track might've been a little rockier, a little more hard packed than normal or whatever, but it was still, it was all the same Loretta's. And I feel like that, that is something worth telling man, because it would have been a whole lot easier for, it's just not come together and have us not race there and, you know, just, just have it not all come together and, uh, ended up being, uh, another Loretta's, um, that will go down in the history books and it looked just the same. So credit to everybody involved there too, Casey, I should have said that earlier. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I think, um, it, it really, it didn't feel or look any different. It was, it was just yeah. like the normal Loretta's and, yeah, again, like you said, like the structures are newer and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, with that Tennessee heat and humidity, it'll it'll weather that wood <laughs> quickly and it, it'll feel just as home again. So, right. you know, hats off to the crews that came out there and rebuilt that place in a matter of like days, I think it was. Wow. And, it, and it was very important that it happened because you couldn't move Loretta Lynn's dirt bike race to any other place and it still hold the same value or the same you know, like seriousness that it does. And I think the same thing for ATV motocross, you know, I, I think Loretta just holds a special place in everyone's heart in the racing community. I, I, it's talked about all over the world and it's just, it's, it's huge. And people don't get to practice there all the time and stuff like that. So I think that adds to the nostalgia of mm -hmm. the race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It adds to the prestige, no doubt in my mind. Uh, no better way to end it than that, Casey. That's a wrap on our Loretta Lynn's coverage. Um, I can't thank you enough for everything this season, Casey. We'll get you back on to talk about Quad Cross of Nations before and after. We'll talk about the season uh, as a whole here in the future, Casey. But I uh, just want to thank you for everything you do for the sport, everything you bring to us here at Digging Deep. We appreciate it so much. Obviously, your time doesn't go unrecognized or on appreciated. So, uh, everything you do for us, Casey, I can't thank you enough. I truly, truly appreciate all the time and effort that you give to us here. No problem, Cody. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone that listens and, um, enjoys what we're trying to put out here. Hey, there's no doubt in my mind. And I said this yesterday in a post of my own, but there's no doubt in my mind, especially seeing all the, all the stuff, great things people have to say about digging deep, but there's no doubt in my mind that we are bettering the sport 1% at a time. We're bettering the sport. And, uh, that's all I can ask. And you're a huge part of that. So I just can't thank you enough pal. I appreciate it, Cody. We'll talk soon. That's a wrap on our Loretta Lynn's coverage with Casey Greek right here on the digging deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by DID racing chain and their 520 ATV2 X ring chain. Thanks Casey.
Guys, I still cannot believe that another ATV Motocross National season has come to an end. But just like we crowned Joel Hattrick champion this past weekend, we here at Digging Deep had to crown a champion as well. The tightest and most highly contested season of Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy has come to an end, and Curtis Avalo comes up clutch at the final round to grab the 2022 Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy title. We'll award at least the top 15 finishers with season-ending prizes, and we'll offer prizes to a couple randomly selected players as well. So if you suck like me, you may still be in luck. We're in the process of putting our master prize list together, and once we have it fully assembled, we'll start contacting our top finishers to let them select their choice of prizes. Thank you to all who played Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy this season. It was so much fun. We'll be back with an even better fantasy game for next year, and I look forward to chatting with this season's champion on our next episode as i said we'll be back to wrap up loretta's and the 2022 season with some of the riders that we all want to hear from on the next episode or two so stay tuned and on the lookout for that we also need to mention our loretta's event winners along with casey damn it is cullen williams nelson perna and evan bergman who selected the perfect lineup of joel hattrick bryce ford logan stanfield and vince merman we're working on getting your event winner prizes shipped out as we speak so congrats to those guys and be on the lookout for those prizes one last exciting happening to note the atv national season may have come to an end but there's at least one more event still on the schedule a little over a week from now saturday august 27th we're hosting our first ever digging deep ride day at Pachetta Creek MX in Wapakoneta, Ohio. The plan is to open up the track at 10 a.m. and we'll have ATV-only open riding until approximately 6 o'clock p.m. that evening. It's $30 per rider, kids 10 and under are just $10, and camping and spectating are free. This is going to be the place to be for all ATV riders on this day, so come spin as many laps as you can handle with us, talk some racing with us, and let's overall just have a bunch of fun together. I hope that this is an event that goes over so well that we can make this an annual thing. Tell your friends about this can't-miss event. See you at Pachetta Creek MX in Wapakoneta, Ohio on Saturday, August 27th for the first-ever Digging Deep ATV Ride Day. And don't forget to mark yourself as going on our event page on Facebook. Cannot freaking wait. Hope to see you there. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Blunzall Oil, the official oil choice of Digging Deep, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out and most of all thanks to you guys for listening our show merchandise including our new legends never die tees that have been going over so well at the races it's all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out this new merch drop is so rad if you're looking for another easy way to help support us visit our website and click the patreon or buy me a coffee buttons this allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts you can give us a call using our voicemail line Give us your reaction to the show, the races, and or everything in between. I say this every week. I 
want to play them on the show and react to what you have to say. So let's do it. That number is 920-569-3519. We want to hear from you, so give us a call. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and more fun stuff as we transition out of the season and into the offseason. And we have so much cool stuff coming up on the docket shortly as we head into the fall here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to and making us the number one podcast in ATV racing with over 171,000 downloads last month in 92 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.